Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Hey, this is Sean Folliard, former NIU linebacker, current NFL draft prospect, and you are listening to On the Fin Side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. Here with Brian Kat, Catanzaro, and Chris Kaufman, C.K. Parrott, as we continue to digest the Miami Dolphins draft board. And today, the linebacker position seems to be a big need for the Dolphins. They re-signed and extend, excuse me, extended Kiko Alonso in the offseason, kept Koamisi, and signed Lawrence Timmons to a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. But that doesn't mean the Dolphins cannot continue to. Ad- to add additional players as they go through the NFL draft. The big question on everybody's mind, CK, Reuben Foster seems to be one of those players projected all over the board. I've seen him projected as high as fourth to the Jaguars and falling down into the teams that could put the Dolphins in sniffing range for a Reuben Foster. Uh, you know, he had that incident at the NFL draft combine where he was sent home after an argument with a health member from from the draft. But uh, where do you see him falling on draft day? Somewhere between, you know, he really could go anywhere in the first round. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a strong, well, I, I hesitate to use the word strong, but there's definitely a possibility that he could sink like a stone on draft day because you have to keep in mind there are a couple of things going against him. Now, the talent and the things that we see on the field, those are all the things that are going in his favor, obviously. We we know that he's a good player, but if you look at it's not just the incident at the Combine. It, he has other incidents and uh, and other questions that teams are bringing up about about who he hangs out with and what role they're going to play in his life uh, when he goes to the NFL. He had an incident at Alabama where he was um, not involved with, but at a nightclub when a triple homicide occurred, and the one of the people that were that were killed was, uh, I believe, a cousin of his, and he didn't come forward to the police and say uh, say that he was there or you know give any any witness testimony. In fact, they found out kind of third hand way after the fact that he was there and he tried to say that he wasn't involved he knew nothing he wasn't you know any part of any group there but then in interviews later he's talking about you know how the lesson he learned from it is not to not to really denigrate somebody who might be having a bad day you know don't don't trash them or anything like that because you never know and all these details that he's giving is like well now now it sounds like you kind of did see what was going on there so I, it just lends credence to the idea that he might have sort of a bad crowd traveling around with him. And then you add on top of that, the rumors, uh, I don't know if it's even rumor at this point, it seems like it's fairly well confirmed that he has sort of a learning disability. He has trouble with 
with with things on the whiteboard and and the playbook. He's more of a kinesthetic learner. And then you know, look at okay from a size standpoint, you know, we're talking about a guy that's six foot zero and two twenty nine. Uh, we're not talking about a six foot three, two hundred and forty pound guy. You know, these things just stack up. And then right. when you toss on top of it this shoulder injury he had and rumors that he just went to the combine recheck and it's still injured and he might need another surgery. It's just uh, it's just really piling up and uh, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if it, if he can if his draft stock can uh, take it. Yeah. So what would you who would you say is more likely to fall to the Dolphins at 22? Reuben Foster or his college teammate Jonathan Allen? Both have had some injury problems and some have criticism with their lack of versatility where you're not talking about somebody who's a pure edge rusher where it seems to be that's where the money really comes from as far as these defensive players I think the more likely to fall to to be available at 22 overall would be Reuben Foster Um, when I'm looking at the medical issues that they're talking about I have had it impressed upon me how important either one of their medical issues could be but Still, Ruben sounds a little bit more serious than what I know of uh, Jonathan Allen, so uh, I think that he's probably the more likely to be available. Looking at the rest of the linebackers, as we start getting down to the Dolphins pick, players that we can somewhat expect to be there, I keep hearing linebacker Jared Davis from Florida, who had some eye-popping numbers at, at his pro day, 4.59, a 38-and-a-half vertical leap, and Zach Cunningham, the linebacker from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think that if you're going with any of the three SEC linebackers uh, between Foster and Cunningham and Jared Davis, then you're going to get a great product on the field. That much was clear on tape. I thought I've I've been when I've been looking at these guys and I've been looking at Foster and Cunningham and Davis who initially wasn't being considered up with those guys, but I did. I I thought it was the three SEC linebackers were sort of the group, the unit for me the whole time. And, uh, you know, because the field product looks a lot this or looks a lot of the same quality for all three, you kind of have to go with, well, what else is there to them as a prospect? And that's where you start looking at the off-field stuff. And Gerard Davis, uh, what I've heard anyway, is, is, a very much a Jarvis Landry type heartbeat of the defense player that other players feed off of. So he has he has those things going for him. I think that when you look at him, and this is where I got confused with the way that some people were positioning Jared Davis before the combine, before he or before the pro day, before he tested well. Uh, they were trying to say that he was kind of uh, you know a good football player that uh, isn't going to run well or test well or jump well or any of these things. I've always seen him as more of an athlete that's still learning to play the position. He does look mm-hmm. very explosive to me on tape. He looks like he can run. I mean, I've seen him run up the seam and uh, down the middle of the field with athletic tight ends, tight ends that I know run really fast. And so I've seen him play fast. I've seen him play athletic. And the guy is so aggressive and so physically explosive. Sometimes, you you know, I've, I've made the joke. I think that he's on uh, horse testosterone uh, injections or something like that. <laughs> he, he really is a very aggressive, physically explosive player, knows how to get off blocks and can be aggressive that way. And, you know, I think he's got some instincts in the passing game, but clearly very unrefined right now. And he's still working on it. This was only a second year uh, starting. And, and I think that uh, his playing time has been truncated a little bit with some injuries. So you're not getting a, a, a polished linebacker in him, but you are getting a pretty good one. Same with Zach Cunningham. 
Cunningham, same with uh, with Reuben Foster, although you do have to pay attention to those those kind of ancillary issues with him. Looking uh, down the board, you know, two players that are projected right around the Dolphins spot, not sure if they're the best fit. We talked about a few weeks ago are T.J. Watt and Hassan Reddick. That's right. Uh, I think T.J. Watt can be a very special player. It's just a, a matter of what system he goes into and how they want to use him. Um, I, it's possible that down the line you could even see him playing some inside linebacker and uh, and standing out that way. He has what he really has that makes him unique, in my opinion. Is first off, he is explosive and and has explosive twitchy movements. He's not fast, but he is explosive and uh, and the way that he reacts to the football and the way that he sees and anticipates the football is unique. I think that it's a lot like his brother, actually, J.J. Watt, and, and how J.J. has been a, a legend at being able to knock down passes. I think T.J. Watt has that in him. But he's also, because he's a little bit more maneuverable, he's also able to translate that probably into coverage a little bit more. But he's, you know, he's a very, he's a very brutal and, um, and raw you know, uh, monster as a pass rusher, but he can play a real linebacker position. So I would look at him if I were Miami, especially as Miami has kind of signaled uh, recently when they were talking about Koamisi that they had some looks that they were going to try to go with last year with Koamisi, uh, who could play like a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, and then they lost Misi for the year, and they lost the ability to do that altogether because they had no other player that could do it. So they they could think about getting somebody like a T.J. Watt that could fill some of that, some of those uh, those ideas or those those packages that they had in mind. Uh, now you you mentioned uh, Hassan Reddick, and this is a player that reminds me uh, of like the those running backer types that you've seen in um, in some of the past drafts. I think that uh, I think that he's a guy. He's not a pass rusher like some of the other pass rushers that you see out there. He's a little small for that, and I think uh, because he's a little small for that, he might be a little too easily blocked. I think he's a real linebacker. I think he's a, a will in some schemes. In Miami's scheme, where he's going to play stacked or off the line a little bit more, he might be a Sam, and you're going to ask that guy to really just run around and use his speed and shut down the edge and, and be a playmaker and also be a blitzer. And uh, that's where he fits in Miami. He's very attractive uh, in doing that. I don't know if it's going going to be at number 22 or not actually uh, to be quite honest I'm not sure that the Dolphins are going to be in for a linebacker at 22 overall uh, period just because they have so many needs I think that their mindset right now is that they're going to get a non-rotational starter and whereas a linebacker at this point where they already have Lawrence Timmons and they already have Kiko Alonso those are going to be the you know more of the full-time players the next guy that they get at linebacker uh, is going to have to battle Koamisi for playing time and also you know try and at best, have Go Alonzo or and or Lawrence Timmons kind of go to the bench a few more times than they naturally would, so that you can make uh-huh. enough snaps for all of them. I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be into that game at 22 overall. I think they're going to be looking at the position, but they they might not they might not be uh, targeting it high enough. So after the first round, if you know, you're talking about players like Raekwon McMillan from Ohio State, Tyus Bowser from Houston. Alex Anzalone from Florida and Duke Riley from LSU, a few names that have been mentioned. Where do you see the value at linebacker after the first round if the Dolphins go in that direction? 
Well, one guy, uh, Raekwon McMillan, that you talked about, um, and I'm not saying that the Dolphins should necessarily pick him or not pick him, but when I'm looking at all these guys side by side, um, I thought that Jared Davis's uh, game, as I mentioned, was a little immature. I think that Raekwon McMillan's game is more immature. Uh, I think that every time I'm looking at him, just everything he's doing just strikes me as very young. That doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing because these are developing players, and Raekwon McMillan in particular is actually a young player and not experienced enough he will get better but uh, when I look at say let's go to the other end of the spectrum and I look at Anthony Walker Jr. of Northwestern this is an old salt this guy recognizing his diagnostic abilities uh, and anticipation of what the offense is doing is the best that I've seen in the class it's not that he's necessarily he can at times look like a very athletic player because of those anticipation abilities and because he's very aggressive and can pull a trigger. But really what you see is, and you have to kind of put these guys up next to each other to see it, but the little things, the little cues that he gives you that he's recognizing and anticipating exactly what the offense is going to do on every play, if you add him to your uh, defense, then you're adding a lot of IQ. Um, and that and, and that can't really you can't really understate what that can mean to your defense. And all that said, I mean it's not like this guy is slow. He, he's solidly in the four sixes as far as his speed is concerned. He's six foot one ish, uh, two hundred thirty eight pounds, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, he reminds me. He, I think he's going to have a career that's very similar to uh, to uh, Stephen Tulloch, who coincidentally just uh, retired today. Um, I think he had a nice ten year career. And I think that uh, Anthony Walker. Jr. could could have a career like that. One guy, though, that probably belongs in this conversation this high, but who doesn't get a lot of talk, is Samson Abukum of, uh, of Eastern Washington. I only got a, got a look at him fairly recently, but I was absolutely floored with the way that he looks. Uh, he had a game uh, against Washington State that was one of the single best games that I've seen of any position this year. And it was uh, in space, he looked like Levante David, and in pass rush, he looked like Cameron Wake. It was it was ridiculous. So I think that he's a guy that you keep an eye on. Uh, athletically, he tests off the charts. He was uh, some people like those spark measures. I think he might have been the the second highest spark measure of anybody in the draft this year. Uh, but you see that all over the tape. He's built well. Um, you can see his structure, his body uh, is is built exactly right for the position. Uh, his background checks out. You look at the sports that he was involved in in high school. Um, and his background uh, and and what he cares about and his family and trying to give back to his family and provide for them. You know, everything just really checks out with him, and I think that he's a player that could go a lot higher. He's certainly a guy that I would target if I were the Dolphins. I would actually compare him a lot to a, a Hassan Reddick, except this guy has pass rush that I think could actually translate a little better than Reddick. So he's one guy to keep an eye on that way. And then there are some other guys. You mentioned a few, but uh, Vince Beagle of Wisconsin, in particular is a guy that, that I don't think gets enough credit for what he is and what he can do. Um, and I would keep an eye. He's a big six foot three, 245-pound type, uh, just like Alex Anzalone, actually. And he might be a guy that can play a Sam position and run with uh, run with tight ends like he did in the Senior Bowl. He ran with Evan Engram up the, uh, up the seam and had no trouble. 
uh, broke up the pass. So, you know, he's a guy, he's very crafty, reminds me of uh, Kyle Van Noy, and not the Kyle Van Noy that kind of busted out of Detroit, but the Kyle Van Noy who came to New England and suddenly within a few games of even being there, he's like a starter on their defense and contributing uh, contributing winning snaps. So, uh, you know, those that's kind of how I see those guys in the middle area. I look at the linebacker unit and see this is a group that shows that the NFL is getting a lot faster. I mean, you look at some of the players you mentioned, Raekwon McMillan, Tyus Bowser, Anthony Walker. We're talking about players who are 240 pounds, run a 4.65 in the 40, and have some good tape on them too. So it'll be definitely interesting to see. Uh, CK, does anybody else stick out at you at the linebacker position for the Dolphins? They have three fifth-round picks and two seventh-round picks. Well, I think when you get down a little bit, um, some guys that I haven't really mentioned uh, are uh, Richie Brown of uh, Mississippi State and uh, Joseph Jones of Northwestern. Again, going back to those Northwestern players, but they are—they are, they are uh, in my defense, they are generally a well-coached defense, and their uh, their coaching staff is very well respected by NFL people. But uh, looking at Richie Brown, I saw him up close and personal at uh, Shrine Practices, and he stood out immediately for how well he moved. Uh, Watching him go through the drills, it was practically as if he were the one teaching the drills to the other players. Uh, He was giving everybody else pointers and just running through them at a speed and with, with coordination that nobody else seemed to have. Uh, and then you saw that and uh, in, in the practice field kind of translate to the practice snaps and the way that he can move. He looked to me, he had the look of a coverage linebacker. Uh, and when I went ahead and watched him, because I had never seen him before on Mississippi State tape, and I went ahead and looked at him and I saw that, you know, he, he did have 100 tackles at uh, Mississippi State and he had the look of a coverage linebacker there. He was very accomplished. The thing that he doesn't do too well is uh, is navigate through traffic and, uh, and get to the ball, and he's going to have to work on that. But in the NFL nowadays, you kind of you're not building from the you know they call it a two down linebacker when you're uh, when you're a run stopping linebacker, but it's not two downs in in the NFL anymore. It's more like one down. Um, you can't be that right. anymore. You're building from you're building from the back forward now. You're building from being a, a good coverage guy to working your way into Kiko Alonso is a great example to working your way into uh, being able to stop the run. And I, you know, I see Richie Brown within that context uh, being a guy that you can trust in nickel and uh, and be a good coverage player, and then kind of work his way and get better and better, possibly against the run, get smarter. Uh, he, he went out, and I know that he had a pro day, and and basically, you know, wowed a lot of scouts and and showed showed a lot of what I had been talking about since Shrine practices in terms of his movement abilities. Uh, that's one guy, and Joseph Jones, the other guy that I would mention from Northwestern. Again, this is a this is a this is an adult you know person who can be a professional, knows how to balance his life and approach things uh approach things like a pro work like a pro but what he and what he showed on tape is that well first off there you have to go hunting for his snaps on tape because he doesn't have a ton of them he was a sam linebacker at northwestern which is already sort of a, a one strike against you as far as playing time because sam linebackers are kind of a dying breed and but he also shared time with another guy a younger guy who they're you know they have high hopes for somewhere down the road so that was a second strike as far as his uh, playing time goes but when you see him out there you saw a lot of explosiveness 
and you saw a lot of speed and running ability, and and that came in the package or in the form of a guy who was an on the line Sam linebacker and could you know be strong with tight ends. I mean, I saw him take on uh, Troy Fumagalli, the tight end from Wisconsin, who's going to be uh, who's going to be a name to watch out for next year. You know, put him put him on skates a couple of times. He's just that strong. But then you watch his his explosive movements, even within the phone booth, he's being explosive. And then you get him on the run, and he can. And you say, "Wow, this guy's fast. This guy." So he's a Sam linebacker that runs like a Will linebacker. Now he might not have played that often, but this is the kind of guy that populates NFL rosters when you get to the number four through number six spots on the depth chart. You know, everybody would talk about uh, these college players that are sort of legendary but don't test very well. Those aren't the guys that populate the number four through number seven spots on uh, on the depth mm-hmm. chart at the NFL level. It's these guys like Joseph Jones who um, who approach the NFL or approach the game with a professional attitude and might not have been huge playmakers in college, but they have the athleticism to play in special teams and they have the athleticism to be trusted in there and they have the strength and um, and that's a, that's a guy that I would look for too. Chris Kaufman joining us. Follow him on Twitter, DK Parrot, and you can follow us on the Fin Side on Facebook, on Twitter, on Spreaker, on iTunes, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin Side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the Fin Side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the Fin Side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.